Hey everybody, and welcome to another episode of Lights Out, a foreign horror film podcast. I'm KJ, and on today's episode, I'm going to be reviewing 2021 Australian horror film, Bloody Hell. Bloody Hell, like I said, uh, first actually came out in 2020. It debuted, had its premiere in the U.S. at the Nightstream um, Film Festival, which was just a streaming film festival they did, they did obviously, because of COVID. <laughs> and I think it was a couple... Uh, horror like um, film festivals came together and kind of created this digital um, film festival Nightstream. And I remember hearing about it. it came out in October, like I said, of 2020. And that's where this film first came out and started to you know get a little bit of buzz. There was a lot of smaller horror films there. And then it came out in 2021 in January, you know, just VOD. And actually, like I said, I didn't hear too much about this film. I didn't watch the trailer. didn't really read any reviews either. I was listening to a podcast called Colors of the Dark, which I believe used to be Shockwaves. And the two hosts on there used to be on Shockwaves. And they were talking about in one of the episodes, I think, it, I don't even remember which episode I was listening to, but they were talking about films that they were catching up with. And the one guy uh, mentioned Bloody Hell and... He gave it a strong, strong recommendation, and then when I looked it up, I saw that it was an Australian production. It was filmed in Aust- Australia, um, crew, casting crews Australian. So I decided, why not give it a chance? <laughs> and I actually, even though this film is, like I said, an Australian horror film, it's actually set in the U.S. and then it's also set in Finland, which it is filmed in Finland but it was not filmed in the U.S. So the film is set in Boise, Idaho, of all places in the U.S. And then the film goes to Finland, and it was filmed in Helsinki, Finland, I believed. And it was, like I said, also the U.S. scenes were filmed um, Gold Coast, Australia. So, yeah, it's a, and like I said, all the actors are Australian. The main lead, uh, who plays Rex, Ben O'Tooley, I believe how you say his name, he's Australian, but he plays a U.S. Um, citizen character, I guess, and then the other characters that are even playing Finnish characters are actually Australian and are putting on, you know, Finnish accents and, you know, actually speaking Finnish. So you get some subtitles throughout the film. But yeah, so like this is a smaller indie film, like I said, I checked out. You can rent it right now on all the streaming sites, Amazon Prime, uh, Voodoo, Fandango, uh, YouTube, all those streaming sites to rent movies. And that's where I rent this film. And before, you know, I want to kind of give my non-spoiler reaction to this film because I don't think a lot of people have watched it. I think it's, you know, it's a smaller, like I said, horror film. And I, I don't, there's not a ton you can spoil with this film, but there is some little bit of twists and turns. But before, yeah, we get into some more of the plot details, I just kind of, like I said, wanted to give a little bit of just my quick reaction to the film. And then, you know, if you check the film out and then come back, you know, hit pause and then come back to this a little bit later. But yeah, I'll definitely say this is a pretty good, fun horror film, you know. I wasn't, like I said, expecting too much going in. I didn't watch the trailer. I didn't really even read the synopsis. But for those who haven't, you know, don't know anything about this film, it's basically about, a, like I said, a gentleman named Rex. And you find out really early in the film, happens pretty much the initial scene, is that he was involved in a bank robbery, um, you know, and he was actually a victim, but he actually took, you know, it's kind of, like I said, isn't a spoiler, but... He ends up taking matters into his own hands and taking out the robbers. And unfortunately, somebody ends up getting killed in the, in, like I said, the robbery. And then they end up, instead of him being a hero and saving everybody, he ends up going to prison. That his actions caused, you know, the robbers and the death. And 
he ends up, like I said, he goes to prison. And then when he comes out of prison, he's, you know, pretty popular in the media and he has a lot of, you know, people following him, taking pictures, paparazzi, following him around. And he just wants to get away. And he ends up just going to Finland <laughs> because he was like shooting um, spitballs in his prison cell and it kept landing on, you know, he was spit, um, spitting spitballs at a map and it kept hitting Finland. So he decides to go to Finland for no, really no good reason, just to get out and hopefully no one knows him there. And then that's when he goes to Finland and he ends up getting captured by a family and that's kind of where I'll leave it there. <laughs> and then things kind of go from there. And yeah, it's kind of a wild ride. It's pretty, it's actually really fun. You know, a lot of, I hate to be cheesy when the film's called Bloody Hell, but it really is just like a bloody good time. And I know a lot of, I read a lot of reviews that actually say that. So, but it is true. This is a really fun horror film and it's not so much, you know, horror scares. You're not going to be scared watching this film, but it is a lot of fun. There's a lot of good gore, a lot of good action scenes, a lot of good fights. And it's actually really funny as well. There's a lot that does a good balance between you know, just your kind of gritty horror action and comedy as well. So I think, yeah, if you're into those type of movies and horror comedies, I wouldn't say is like top of my list. You know, sometimes a lot of horror comedies just go way too much comedy, a little bit too cheesy, um, kind of poking fun at themselves or whatever. But this film doesn't do that. It's just kind of just the comedy. It's not because it's trying so hard. It's just the characters are pretty, like the dialogue. A lot of the dialogue's really funny. And just the situations that the characters find themselves in. And yeah, just, yeah, a lot of the direction too, I would say. So, you know, I would say, yeah, there is some comedy <laughs> to it. But I think if you're, like I said, if you're into horror comedies, I think I would definitely give this a, you know, check this out. I ended up giving a four out of five on Letterboxd. And actually on Rotten Tomatoes, it has a 91% for, um, uh, what you call it, Rotten Tomato critics, you know, certified critics. It has a 91% out of like 30 reviews. And then the audience score is actually a little bit lower. It was like 61%, which I found to be a little bit on the lower side. I don't know if people were just going in, you know, with the wrong expectations. But I, like I said, I think this is a film to definitely check out. And I think on Letterboxd, it had around a three out of five. But yeah, I gave it a four because it was just an awesome, fun film. You know, I knew what it was. It wasn't trying to, you know, go overboard. And I thought a lot of, you know, the acting was really well done. The main character who plays Rex, Ben O'Tooley, he does a really good job in this film because he's actually, you know, he's playing himself, but he spends a lot of time, you know, by himself. And then he interacts and he talks to himself. And just instead of him just talking out loud, he actually talks you know, to him, you know, another character played by himself, played by the actor, kind of like his inner self, his ego, his subconscious. So there's a lot of back and forth, you know, what the actor does and the characters. And that's a lot where the comedy comes from. And actually, like I said, I thought it was, <laughs> you know, a lot of fun and they bounce off each other really well. And I don't know, you don't see it too much in films. And then, like I said, a lot of the direction, you know, it's kind of got a gritty, um, I don't know, so much directorial, like, direction to it, but I, I don't know, I really liked it. And I think the opening scene, too, you'll kind of know in the first, like, five to ten minutes what you're getting into, because I liked the opening scene, you know, it sets up the robbery scene, and it's kind of like, I don't know, I feel like I was reading, like, a graphic novel, because <laughs> it's just kind of, like, cutting, you know, there's a lot of cuts and a lot of, like, good editing, and just, you know, I don't even know how to explain it so much, but it felt, I feel like I was reading a graphic novel where, you know, 
you would show the robbery scene that will kind of show him in court, you know, and it would kind of give, you know, the timeline, but it was kind of just like cutting back and forth for a pretty good soundtrack, good score. And that's kind of almost like, I would say, almost kind of like the babysitter vibe. I think the babysitter is probably a little bit more of your silly <laughs> horror comedy, way more silly horror comedy, I would say. But if you kind of liked the babysitter, I can kind of, I think you would end up liking this film too. I think like this film's a little more, maybe not as so much with the comedy, not as silly, but it kind of gave me those vibes. Just like that, um, I think CMG directed The Babysitter. And that's kind of the direction I believe this director kind of went for. Kind of a little bit, almost like a music video at time, especially that opening scene. But the whole film's not like that. And it does have some, like I said, some kind of wacky, <laughs> silly scenes involved too. But yeah, so like I said, that's pretty much my non-spoiler thoughts to this film. So if you haven't checked it out, you know, I definitely, like I said, I would definitely check it out and then come back to this podcast and then we'll talk a little bit more spoilers. There isn't a ton of spoilers in this film. It's not like, you know, big twists and turns, but I still, I think you would want to go into this film kind of blind. Just, you don't want to like, want to know too much where the film goes. So yeah, definitely check the podcast and then we're going to talk some spoilers. So yeah, let's dive into some spoilers now. And like I said, there isn't a ton you can spoil with this film, but I don't know. <laughs> there is a little bit. There's kind of like the reveal of, you know, the reason why this family captured him. And that kind of keeps you on your toes, I would say, throughout the film of, you know, wondering what's going on. So yeah, I would say, you know, my biggest pro, like what I really liked about this film, I, was, I mentioned in the non-spoiler part was how the main character Rex, you know, kind of just playing off himself or he's talking a lot to himself, you know, and it kind of, you see that pretty much right from the beginning, but going really back to the beginning, I did like that opening scene with the robbery scene and I liked the misdirection because you just kind of see the part to where, you know, the robbers come in and they're pretty aggressive and, you know, they already shoot, they shoot one guy and then they're hitting people with the guns and you can tell that, you know, this, is gonna, this isn't going to be your just, you know, I don't know, a friendly group of robbers. These guys come in pretty aggressive and mean. And then I like how you just, you get the scene of the gun falling into Rex's lap. And then it kind of just cuts forward to his core and then him in prison and then him getting out of prison eight years later. And I actually read that, you know, they actually weren't going to have that scene in the beginning of the film. They were just going to kind of cut to him coming out of jail but when they tested this film, I guess a lot of the audience, you know, the test audience were saying that they had a hard time, um, you know, really liking Rex and feeling sympathy for him and just kind of buying his character because, you know, the film was just, you know, starting off with him getting out of jail. And then later they found out what happened to him. But so they changed it, actually, was that they rewrote some scenes and that they had the robbery scene in the beginning of the film. So I actually thought that was pretty cool. I read that. And yeah, the director of this film is Alistair Grierson, who I looked up, you know, his filmography. And I believe this is his first horror film feature. I think he's directed some other films and some short films and some TV, but he hasn't actually directed any horror. And I thought he did a really good job <laughs> directing this film. I could definitely see him going the horror route and probably directing some more horror thriller films i thought he did a really good job and i was really impressed and the writer robert benjamin and um i thought he actually wrote a really good script and i was reading too that he came up with this idea because 
he was traveling and he was sitting at an airport. He saw a foreign family staring at him and kind of whispering to themselves. And he just kind of got the crazy idea that they were going to maybe want to kidnap him and then <laughs> to feed him to their son or something like that. So that's kind of how this story all started was him just, you know, sitting at an airport <laughs> and just daydreaming and seeing this foreign family and then, you know, coming up with this idea. And he's actually mentioned that he planned this film to be the first film in a uh, trilogy. So he has two other films planned for um, this film, I guess. I don't know if he's written more scripts or not, but I don't know. I would actually pretty much, I would like to see a second film <laughs> for this uh, series. I don't know if it's going to happen just because it's a smaller horror film. I don't know if they will be able to get, you know, the finances or, you know, get backed for this film. But hopefully more people do check it out, you know, and it becomes more of like a little bit of a cult classic or, you know, just a small following. And then people, you know, when people watch the film, if it has good VOD sales or if, you know, Netflix or Shutter gets a hold of it, maybe they'll, you know, make a second film. I would definitely check it out. But yeah, so that what I was saying, the opening was, you know, they rewrote that and they put that in the film later, like I said, because their audiences were having a hard time, um, you know, buying into his character, supporting him, feeling any sympathy for Rex. And I think that's kind of, I guess, a twist in this film is that you kind of don't know if Rex is actually like a really good character or if he might be a little bit psychotic, a little bit bloodthirsty, because you find out later in the film the reason he actually went to jail and the reason the woman died at the robbery because it sets up the scene where the one robber takes, you know, one of the workers and he has her. And you think that he's going to kill her and that would be, you know, but sent him to prison. But actually the robber lets her go and he could have, you know, Rex could have let the robber just, you know, leave or could have just stopped right there. But he ends up shooting the robber. And then when the robber, you know, in pain, just ends up shooting his gun and a bullet ends up going into like a closet or a cabinet where another uh, woman is hiding. And that's what kills her. And that's where, you, you know... Again, you, he pretty much could have, you know, prevented that murder because, but I don't know. You don't know the situation. I don't know what I would do in that situation. And there is a little bit of small, like, talk because he was um, a veteran and he even says that he knew these guys, you know, they weren't just going to let anybody go free. You know, it doesn't dive too deep into, you know, vets and then people, you know, with, a past and you know violence or anything like that it does like i said it just kind of brushes that but i kind of like that where you kind of you know they even say like this guy the lawyer that was fighting to put him in jail was saying that you know he was bloodthirsty and you know he's a killer and he you know he shouldn't have done that and it kind of does make you think but still i still <laughs> you know sympathize with rex and i still liked his character and i don't know if the director was trying to get people you know when you found when you found that out towards the end you know what actually happened if you know you know i don't know if the director was trying to get you to not like him or i think he was just kind of throwing out the situation and you know kind of making you choose for yourself whether you you know bought into his character or not and you know i don't i like that they didn't overdo it with rex you know he didn't have like a scene where he was crying and said you know he felt bad he kind of you know didn't say much about it he found out what happened and it kind of just you know carries on after that you don't get too much like you know you don't get his inner monologue at least i don't think he does i've you know i just watched this film a few days ago but 
he doesn't really, you know, break down and said, you know, he apologized. You know, he wasn't, he didn't seem that upset about it. I think, you know, even when the scene happened, you see him and his alter ego there and they're kind of just like, oh shit. <laughs> and that's not, you know, that's a little bit of the comedy right there, you know, but I don't know. I kind of, like I said, that's kind of the twist of the film is, you know, finding out later that, you know, he could have prevented himself from going to prison. He could have prevented someone getting killed. And then the big kind of reveal, like in the film, is why are these people, <laughs> why did they kidnap him? And why did they, you know, he wakes up chained in the basement of this house in Finland. And again, that's where you get, like I said, a lot of the comedy, him talking to himself, talking to, you know, the same actors playing back. Um, that had to be hard, you know, acting. I'm obviously not an actor, but, you know, I give this actor a lot of credit <laughs> because, Obviously, you can't, you know, he's got to play off of someone else. And I think I read that the guy that played the uncle of the family, um, I think he was kind of played, you know, him. whenever the actor Ben was playing, whoever he was playing, either he was playing himself or his alter ego, the uncle was playing the other character so he could, you know, bounce off him and everything. But you find out that basically it's kind of a little bit of a monster film because the older brother of this family is basically, yeah, he's a monster and he only eats, um, you know, flesh, human flesh. And again, that's kind of just wild in this film. You know, I wasn't expecting that. You kind of hear, you know, this like loud, not even so much yelling or not even like a growl, but you kind of do hear him in the background and like kind of the middle in the film and everything. And you kind of know something's going on. But then, yeah, you find out that basically they just kidnapped him and they're just going to feed him you know, limb by limb to their, this, the older brother, it's the two parents and uncle, and then some, I think two twins, and then a daughter, and then a younger son. And the younger daughter is also, you know, the character, I was, you know, <laughs> she, um, kind of like a love interest. That's kind of like, I got a little bit, I would say, not so much weird. It was kind of just random in the film where she kind of comes and she's just, you know, she likes Rex and she tries to help him. But she's obviously your moral character where she's against what the family's doing. And so she tries to free him. You know, she ends up freeing him, gives him a knife. And yeah, you know, the film kind of goes from there. But I was, I really liked the ending when you kind of think that he just ran away. And then you think the family's going to, you know, go chase after him. And I kind of thought that's where the film was going to go, that we were just going to get him you know, running in like the woods and then there was going to be some kind of shootout or something. But he's actually, Rex is actually hiding under the table and then he uses a nail gun to pretty much kill the two twin brothers and the dad. And then that's, I got, that was probably your good, like gruesome gore, you know, fight scene right there. You get, you know, it's really well done. You see a lot, you see a pretty good amount of blood. And when he shoots the first brother, it kind of happens out of nowhere. He's just sitting there, and then all of a sudden he does, you know, like this jerking, you know, motion, and you see that he's getting shot from under the table, and then he shoots the dad, and then he shoots the other brother, like, um, in the foot to kind of keep him, like, planted there, and then, yeah, and then the younger daughter's, you know, she's like, in a, they keep her in a cage, basically, when she's not behaving, and then she ends up killing the mom, and... Yeah, so that scene right there, you know, it wasn't overdone and it wasn't like too long either. So I kind of, you know, I liked that scene, you know, kind of it went for it and I thought it was well done. You know, the core, the choreograph. Yeah, I thought that was pretty well done. So I enjoyed that as well. And then I will say that movie kind of has like an extra ending 
where when they kind of drive off into the sunset, um, Rex and the young daughter, and then they're going to get the younger brother, you kind of think the film's going to end there. And I kind of thought that's where, you know, I kind of was hoping the film would end there. But then you kind of get to later, and they're in the U.S., and um, Rex and her name's Aaliyah. She, you know, they're kind of just hanging out, and they're hanging out with his friends. And then you get this, like, dream sequence when they're asking, like, how they met. And this one, one of Rex's friends, she's kind of sitting close to him and staring at him. And Aaliyah just, like, kind of has this dream sequence where she just, like, grabs a knife and then just, like, stabs her in the neck. And I think that's pretty much just saying that she's kind of also a little bit like her family and maybe also like Rex, that they're both maybe a little bit bloodthirsty and killers in the end. And maybe that they're meant to be together. And yeah, I think that might have been setting up for the second film of her. Maybe, you know, not being so sweet and innocent. Like she kind of comes off in the whole film as being very, you know, friendly and nice. And she's against the violence. <laughs> and yeah, so and then you get the other scene too, right after that, the brother Ollie, where he looks at a picture you know, of his family. And that's where you realize that there's somebody else alive. I believe that's what you get from that picture is that there's also another brother, I'm assuming another brother, or another relative that they didn't kill. So someone else is still out there and knows, you know, that they are probably, probably got, you know, killed and that they're uh, Leah and Ollie are still alive. So I think like, again, that's setting up for a second film. If we ever get that, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't foresee a second film happening just because it's such it's such a small you know little indie horror film. If it happens, I'll definitely check it out though. <laughs> so yeah, I'm trying to think. If there's really anything else to say. I think the effect on the brother. I didn't think you were gonna see him because they kept saying you know he was kind of like a monster, and you end up do you do see him at the end. And I thought the effects you know the practical effects and makeup work on him was really well done. You know he kind of almost looked like. A little bit of like the Goonies monster a little bit. But, you know, he was pretty scary and pretty realistic of some, you know, being deformed and monster-like. And, yeah, but you don't get a ton of him. You just get him towards the end. And I'm trying to think. I think, you know, I read that they ask, whenever they use the scene of Rex, you know, and close up with his, you know, his, miss his missing leg, I guess that they actually used an amputee actor or someone to fill in and they actually you know those are actual real shots of uh you know amputated legs so i thought that was pretty cool as well so they didn't actually have to use practical effects for that and they actually just used uh you know someone who an amputee someone who has an amputated leg so i thought that was pretty cool um yeah i'm trying to think there's really anything else so yeah hope more people like i said check out this film i thought you know i really enjoyed it i had a lot of fun watching it and I think it's, you know, it's like your perfect kind of date night horror. Someone like you can watch this film if someone, you know, doesn't love, you know, it's not like a huge lover of horror films. Say like you like horror films, but, you know, your significant other or friend doesn't so much like horror. I think this is a good movie to show them where you get some good gore, but it's really not scary. It's not going to give them nightmares or anything. It's not too creepy or unsettling. And there's a lot of good comedy, and it's just like a fun, wild ride, <laughs> to be honest. So, yeah, it's a good, like I said, Friday night, weekend night movie. And also someone I think, you know, I could see someone showing this to like a younger, you know, someone in their early teens who's starting to get into some horror films. I think this would be a good film to show them. Just, you know, like I said, some good gore. And besides, you know, really just like, un you know, 
besides, you know, sex and nudity and some like really creepy scenes or anything, you know, this film has it, you know, the good gore. And I don't know, I really liked, like I said, the direction of this film. I just thought it was like really put together, well done. <laughs> so I'll definitely check out, you know, this director, see if he's, you know, keep an eye out for him. I'll keep an eye out for him and see if he does any other horror films in the future. I think, you know, he's definitely someone to look out. That's Alistair Grierson, if I'm saying that last name right. And then, like I said, the writer, Robert, Robert Benjamin, <laughs> he's someone else. Because I thought he wrote a pretty good script. I think maybe a little bit in the middle, the film might drag just a just a tad. But the movie's only 93 minutes, and you're in and out. I never found myself bored. But if I had to give, I guess, just a nitpick, just because, you know, I'm giving my pros and cons for this film. Maybe a little bit, because he spends a lot of time, you know, in the basement, chained up. You know, he's just hanging there. And maybe, yeah, maybe it just goes on a little bit. And there's also two, two kind of silly fantasy scenes where... You kind of get the girl when she kind of, uh, Aaliyah, when she goes back to like her room after meeting Rex, she like lays in the bed and she has this really quick like fantasy dream of like them dancing in like the open, <laughs> I don't even know, like gar kind of like an open, like I said, like garden or something. And they're like dressed up and he's, you know, they're uh, dancing in circles and, you know, she jumps up and he twirls her around. It happens very fast, but it's very just like, oh, okay, that was out of nowhere. And then, but later when he finds his foot actually in the fridge, when they're, you know, the big fight scene at the end, he opens the fridge and he finds his foot in there and then he grabs it. And again, he has this huge, like very fast fantasy scene of him dancing with this, with his foot. And then he uses it to kill the older brother. He just like stabs it down his throat. But again, that's, <laughs> it was just very, just out of nowhere. And, but I did like it the second time it happened because the first time it's very, yeah, teenage girl you know dancing you know falling in love and then when it happens to him it's just him because he found his foot and he's so excited so i mean yeah it was funny i laughed but again that's still just a little bit silly <laughs> and yeah so i think that's gonna pretty much do it for this episode i don't think i got really money um anything else really to say it's like i said a good time i would definitely check it out i hope maybe netflix or shutter i don't think shutter is gonna pick this up I think I could see like this falling onto Netflix or just Amazon Prime, but I hope you know it you know finds a home so somewhere so more people can check it out. But I do think this is a film; it's worth your money. Like I said, I paid probably five bucks to run, and I think it's worth you know to, you know, um, give some money towards the film <laughs> and support the filmmakers. I thought they did a really good job. So yep, that's gonna do it for this week's episode. My name's KJ. You can follow me on Letterbox at KJ Steiner. Where I post all my you know movie reviews and what I'm watching. And then you can also follow the podcast at Lights Horror Pod. That's on Twitter. Yeah, Lights Horror Pod <laughs> on Twitter. Give the podcast a follow there. That's where I give updates to what's going on. And yeah, I hope everyone's having you know a good week. Keep checking out some horror films, and I'll catch you guys out. Catch you guys next time. Bye bye.